This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, June 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Trump orders biotech update promotion. Farmers lauded for USMCA push. And Purdue sets ERS-NIFA meeting. The White House looking to speed biotech approvals. President Donald Trump is ordering his administration to look at ways to streamline the regulation of agriculture biotechnology. But an executive order released by the White House last night steers clear of telling agencies how to change their regulatory processes. Notably missing from the executive order is any directive to FDA to change the way it regulates genetically engineered animals. FDA regulates animal biotech under its Animal Drug Authority, and livestock groups say that is making it very difficult to get gene-edited animals to market. Keep in mind, USDA has already taken a major step toward Trump's goal by releasing a proposed rule last week that would exempt many new gene-edited crops from regulation. Companies would be allowed to decide on their own whether their products are regulated. The executive order would give FDA and EPA, as well as USDA, six months to identify relevant regulations and guidance documents that need to be streamlined. There are also deadlines for agencies to develop plans for outreach to U.S. consumers and international trading partners. Well, how did it go over? The Biotechnology Information Organization praised the administration for taking an important step forward to ensure government policy does not hinder 21st century biotechnology. Greg Jaffe, a biotech policy specialist in the Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer advocacy group, was more cautious. He said the federal regulations do need to be updated and streamlined. But he said the executive order shouldn't be a blank check for reducing government oversight so that the public has to rely solely on industry self-determination of safety. Trump lauds farmers for pushing USMCA. Hundreds of farm groups and ag businesses signed on to a new letter urging Congress to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement as quickly as possible. And Trump is celebrating the push for his top legislative priority. On my way to Iowa, just heard nearly 1,000 agriculture groups signed a letter urging Congress to approve the USMCA, Trump tweeted. Our patriot farmers and rural America have spoken. Now Congress must do its job and support these great men and women by passing the bipartisan USMCA trade agreement. The letter, which was a topic at a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing on trade Tuesday, stresses the importance of zero-tariff trade that began under the North American Free Trade Agreement and would continue under USMCA. American producers have made it clear the best thing we can do for our lagging agriculture economy is get this deal done, according to Representative Dave Rouser of North Carolina. I urge my colleagues on the committee to join me in calling for Speaker Pelosi to bring USMCA to a vote in the House as soon as possible. For more on USMCA and a look at USDA's struggle with trade assistance and disaster aid, Be sure and read this week's AgriPulse newsletter. U.S.-China trade clash includes ag issues. 
It was more than a month ago when trade talks between the U.S. and China fell apart after the Trump administration announced China had reneged on substantial promises spurring the U.S. to raise the tariff rate on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. U.S. officials did not go into detail about China's broken promises, but some of them involved ag issues, according to top U.S. ag trade negotiator Greg Dowd yesterday during the House ag hearing. He said, quote, I can say an important element of our negotiations has been to resolve a large number of unwarranted and long-standing trade barriers to U.S. agriculture exports. Dowd said, I hope that China will make real structural changes across the range of unfair policies and practices that yield actual, verifiable, and enforceable results. Farmer asked Trump to limit refinery exemptions. While Trump was on stage in Iowa yesterday, a corn grower used the chance to press the president to curb the ethanol use exemptions that have been provided to many small refineries. Kevin Ross, who is first vice president of the National Corn Growers Association, said, I ask you to listen again. The pain the ethanol and biodiesel industries have endured is holding back a farm economy that has further capacity to produce more clean air and clean liquid fuels for this country. EPA has yet to grant or deny 39 pending small refinery exemption petitions for oil companies requested for the 2018 compliance year. Purdue sets a meeting as relocation decision nears. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is holding an event in USDA's Jefferson Auditorium tomorrow to talk about the relocation of the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture. A spokesman would not say whether Purdue will be announcing the choice among the finalists for the new location, but a source in one of the three areas being considered said USDA is likely to make its pick this week. The finalists are the greater Kansas City region, somewhere in Indiana, including West Lafayette, where Purdue University is located, and the Research Triangle region in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. In case you missed it, NIFA employees voted 137 to 2 yesterday to join their ERS colleagues in forming a bargaining unit with the American Federation of Government Employees. Texas okays industrial hemp. Hemp is now legal in Texas, the 45th state to allow farmers to grow the crop commercially. On Monday, Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, signed a bill that had cleared the state house and Senate unanimously. The Texas Department of Agriculture plans to issue final regulations in time for the 2020 growing season. Just days before, Louisiana Governor John Bill Edwards made Louisiana the 44th hemp state, but also put limits on CBD products. They can be sold as food or cosmetics, but not marketed as a dietary supplement. Crop insurance among government's climate risk. Climate change poses fiscal risks for the federal government in several areas, including the federal flood and crop insurance programs, according to the Government Accountability Office, the investigative arm of Congress. J. Alfredo Gomez, Director of Natural Resources and Environment at GAO, told the House Budget Committee that the insurance programs, quote, were not designed to generate sufficient funds to fully cover all losses and expenses. 
The Congressional Budget Office currently estimates that federal crop insurance will cost the government an average of about $8 billion annually from 2019 to 2029. Gomez also said the government has not taken a strategic approach to dealing with climate change or investing in resilience, which he defines as the ability to prepare and plan for, absorb, recover from, and more successfully adapt to adverse events. Here's today's He Said It. The farmers are my best friend. Nobody has treated the farmers better than Donald Trump. That, President Donald Trump in Iowa yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, June 12th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.